Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hope you guys are feeling amazing. In this episode, I want to talk about hiring staff members. If you already have a juice bar business, then you know how important this is. And if you're new, then you don't yet know how important this is, or maybe you do. But I want to give you guys some tips and some things to think about and some strategies in terms of recruiting really, really great people um, when it comes to juice bar business. So in the last 10 years, I've worked with a lot of people and I've started to learn a few things about recruitment and then also just in general in terms of management to make sure that you can keep good people when you find them. Uh, there was a famous basketball coach that said, yeah, I know I'm a great coach, but I'm a better coach when I have better players. And so that's to say that it's really important that you have great staff and recruitment is such a key part of this. And it all starts with the interview process. Now, when I say the interview process, it, the interview process is really starting not when you meet someone in person, but really at the job application level. Um, so you're going to use any of the number of platforms that exist from Indeed to Craigslist to the list goes on and on and on and on and on. I don't want to get into that so much, um, but you want to use most of the platforms. I want to talk about your job posting. So a lot of times people create these job postings that are so broad and so general. And you as a juice bar business owner want to make sure that you create a job posting that's really specific to your business. And what I mean by that is not just in terms of the roles and responsibilities, that too, but in terms of the energetic uh, environment that someone's walking into, what are the qualities and values of your business? Because you don't, in a lot of ways, want to have everyone apply. You actually want certain people not to be interested in working with you if they're not a cultural fit. And so uh, if your juice bar is really there to help people get healthy and, and have a community of compassion and, and connection, then say that in your job posting, right? Say that because there's going to be certain people who read that and they're going to be really attracted to that as a, a potential experience. And those are the people that you want. You want people that are fit for the job, skilled, and also fit for your business's culture. So that starts at the level of the job posting. Then the next thing that you got to look at is, okay, I usually will create certain tasks. So you want them to respond with something that's pretty specific because the question that you're going to have is, can this person follow directions? Now, granted, not everyone needs to be so administratively minded. Some people are going to be in a place where they're not management level staff. They may be more back of the house staff and they may be more used to working with their hands. It's more of an industrial level job. They might not have the most beautiful looking formatted resumes. That's okay. So you can 
really you want to look at, and the way that I philosophically I look at it is I'm always testing my employees before and even when they're hired at almost every stage. And so asking someone to perform a small task like, please respond to this with why you're passionate about working here, your cover letter and your resume, and maybe you ask them to do something else. What's your favorite fruit or vegetable and why? Just from doing that, the question that you're trying to discover is, one, who is this person? What do they value? But also, more importantly, can they follow clear directions? Because if they can't follow clear directions from the beginning, then more likely than not, it's going to be hard later on. And so then eventually you move to the next stage where you're setting up an interview. You might tell them to arrive at a very unique time. You might tell them to arrive at, you know, 5.25 p.m. You might tell them to arrive at 6.17 a.m. Just for the sake of, once again, giving someone clear directions and seeing if they show up early or directly on time. Naturally, you understand if someone's late, that's not a good sign. And so be aware of that. Now, moving on to the interview. This is where it gets fun. And this is also very, very interesting for me. There are a lot of things that you want to think about and questions that I've learned to ask that have become really indicative of people's personality types. And so obviously there's a lot of questions that are standard that you're going to want to know. You're going to want to look at their resume and find out uh, how long they have kept most of their jobs, what their roles have been, and what their responsibilities have been. Something that I'm very sensitive to when I look at people's resumes are do they have a history of working for really successful companies or are they used to working in environments that are that have low standards and where businesses have failed? If you find out that most of the jobs that this person has left is because the business hasn't done well, well, that doesn't mean that this candidate is someone you just want to uh, overlook. But what it says to me is they haven't yet had an experience where they've worked for a company that is successful. And a company that's successful has a different sort of culture, different kinds of expectations, a different mentality than businesses that have failed. Because there's usually, not always, but there's usually reasons that businesses have failed and it's usually due to their standards or their lack of strategy or approach. And so they haven't had that experience yet. So be aware of that. As on the contrary, someone who has worked for a corporation, a company that has hundreds of stores, you know, 50 to 100 stores or more, guess what? Companies don't get that big unless they have very, very specific practices in terms of how they hire, who they hire, and what their expectations are in terms of fulfilling their roles. And so if I see that a, a person has worked at a Starbucks for a couple of years in a significant role, then I know that they're used to being held to a high standard, which is a good sign as far as I'm concerned. So a few questions that I want to give you guys that I'm that I'm really uh, I really enjoy asking, and I want to also point out what the these things might indicate in terms of a job interview process are the following. The first question that I really enjoy asking to a potential candidate is, what could your previous employer job or uh, I should say business, what could they have done better? What could they imp have improved upon? 
The reason I like this question is because it's going to give you some insight into the way that person thinks about solving problems. Do they think about problems from a low level or a high level? Are they a managerial level thinker or are they uh, someone who only thinks about things that they believe are important but aren't important? And also are they critical because if someone tells you nothing, well almost guaranteed they're wrong because there is no perfect business. Most businesses are a process of getting better and so if they can't tell you something that they've observed that that business could have done better, then they probably just have not been paying attention. But So let's break this down a little bit more. Someone who's a managerial level thinker is going to break down the interconnectedness between higher level concepts. So they might say something like um, they, they weren't uh, marketing certain specials and so when the business was slow we weren't able to bring customers into the store because we weren't making them aware of uh, this thing that we were doing. Or they might say the way that the space was organized didn't allow us to uh, work efficiently and so um, there was just a lot of chaos in the environment and this led to people being angry at one another. It also led to slow customer service which eventually um, hindered the sales. What I'm pointing out is they will articulate the interconnectedness to of things and they're thinking from a higher level. Whereas if someone says, oh yeah, my problem is I didn't have the right broom. Now that's a problem, granted, it's an, but it's a lower level problem and it's a, and someone who's thinking about things from a lower level um, and not a level of what the overall bigger impact is of certain decisions that are made. And so that's one question that I really, really love to ask. What's the next question? I usually will ask if at some stage, and this, and I'm not giving you an exact sequence in terms of how I ask these questions, but I'm just pointing out some questions that you may not have considered that you may want to ask and what they, what they imply. I ask people if they ever played any sports growing up. Now, I like this question because it's a really casual question. What you'll learn is that when you have a lot of standard questions and people do a lot of interviews, some people can get really good at speaking and sharing things. They get good at interviewing. Um, and so sometimes you want to really start with questions that are disarming and casual and don't seem like questions that they're being judged on or I should say assessed on. But to me this question is great because what it tells me is a couple things. One. If you played sports, you're used to being physical and working in a juice bar can be a pretty active and physical job. Two, what kind of sports did you play? Were they team sports or were they solo sports? Were you a golfer or a dirt bike rider or were you playing on a basketball or soccer team? People who have played team sports, once they have the experience of what it's like to work with people in a specific position towards a common goal, right? So they tend to be less selfish in their approach to whatever the collective intention is because they are used to celebrating uh, the successes of a collective versus someone who is not. I also will ask people what kind of position they played. So if any of you played soccer or you played basketball, you know, um, soccer is probably a better example because in soccer you have defensive players and you have offensive players. People who are offensive tend to like being in front of people. They, the reason that people like offense is because they like the feeling of scoring, right? They like that and they like being in the limelight and they also like the pressure of, of having to really perform. And so 
that would probably be someone who's more front of house, more interacting with customers, probably will tend to be more gregarious versus someone who is defensive, might be back of house, kind of in the, you know, behind the scenes, playing a different kind of role in the business. And so I'm just curious of what kind of position people play because it sometimes will indicate the personality type of the individual. Whereas if someone in the soccer team is midfield, that means that they're used to some of the fronts and the back and they might be more managerial level people because there is a psychology to players. It's not just a matter of if you know anything about sports, someone's giftedness. A lot of times it's the way that people think that make them end up in certain roles. So that's another question that I really like to ask. Another thing that I like to inquire about is what's this person's extracurricular activity? But I like to ask them more so in terms of, you know, what's the last movie you watched? Or are you reading any books right now? If so, what are you reading? When you get an insight into what people are doing in their off time, it's going to give you a lot of perspective on this person and what they're truly interested in. If you meet someone and you, you ask them what the last book they read was and they tell you, oh, I'm reading um, this book on detoxing right now. Guess what? That person's really into their health. Or you meet someone and say, you know, what's the last movie you watched? And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're judging them. It's just a matter of assessing what they're interested in. And they're telling you that they watched, you know, some horror film or something. Okay, great. That's what you're interested in. No problem, right? It doesn't mean that you're going to hire this person or not hire this person based on that singular question. But you're really attempting to get an overall sort of general insight into what this person is interested in, what their personality type is, are they physical, what kind of extracurricular things do they enjoy, who are they really? Because what you'll know, notice and learn is someone's why is so important. Why is someone doing what they're doing? Because there's two dimensions of someone in terms of their, um, in terms of their, their experience and their potential. And it is just that. It's aptitude right? And resume. I am someone who would more likely hire someone who has the potential to learn than someone who knows a lot and has been in the industry for a while, but is stuck where they are because their personality won't allow them to grow. I've had people come into my business who have very little experience in the industry, but a real fervence for learning and passion. And they've gotten to the place in a number of a year or two years where someone who's been in the industry for 15 years, they're performing on the same level. So it's not always someone's experience, but you have to look at someone's aptitude to learn and someone's aptitude to learn oftentimes comes from um, just their sheer intelligence and background, but really their passion. Their why? Why are they doing what they're doing? Do they really want to help people? Do they really want to get educated? Do they really want to, to, to make the world a better place? And so consider those things as well. Then the last thing that I want to mention in terms of a tool for hiring people um, is how you want to find out on the ground what someone's experience is like. So you can do what's known as a working interview. Now these are Paid interviews, you have to still put someone on payroll, and depending on the laws in your state. In some states, like California, that's the case. You have to pay them a, a minimum wage, at least for the time that they're working, and it could only be four to six hours. Um, but at least if you approach the relationship from the dimension of, hey, I'm still attempting to assess. I haven't hired you yet, but I want to see how you fit on the team. And this more so applies for businesses that are already existing and open. If you're just launching your juice bar business, then you can't do working interviews because 
it's the beginning and you don't have that opportunity. But for businesses that are existing and later on down the line, you want to get in the practice of doing working interviews where you can have someone come into four to six hours just to meet your staff, work with them, have them clean up. You'll get a really good sense for how eager someone is, how confident someone is moving throughout your space, um, how someone takes feedback, which for me is a huge thing. I always listen and feel and sense into someone if I am giving them constructive criticism as to how to do something, whether it's how to make a smoothie or how to do inventory, whatever it is, what their reaction is. Because you'll find that people who are defensive won't last long. So just to paint the picture, I say, hey, Johnny, uh, so yeah, when you make that smoothie, make sure you put this ingredient in first, you know, make sure that everything lines up to this part of the blender. Um, here are the tablespoons, so on and so forth. I noticed you, you did that and you kind of did it this way. So just in the future, just be aware of this. And if that person goes, oh, okay, great, thanks for telling me, I'll do it better next time, then that's one personality type. And if that person says, no, well, you know, this person told me to do it that way, or they get defensive, if that person gets defensive, that's an indicator that they're not going to be that adaptable. Um, they're not going to be that easy to grow and to nurture. And so to me, that's usually a red flag. If I find that people are defensive really early on in their employment, they're probably not going to last too long in the business because of their lack of capacity for growth. And so uh, those are really some key things when it comes to hiring people. And it's really important that people are a cultural fit. Um, and as your business grows, what you'll notice is that you really want to make sure the people in your business in terms of their role, responsibilities, and personality types don't get redundant, meaning you'll find that certain people are fulfilling certain roles in your space. And although you might want to hire somebody, you might already have that energy or personality or role filled in your business. And and it won't make sense. And so you always have to assess kind of what kind of people you need where you're strong, where you're weak, and who you need to bring in. The last tip that I'm going to give you guys before we hop off uh, of this episode is in terms of recruitment. There's a really great strategy that you can leverage when it comes to finding great people. Go and visit your local food service businesses that have a similar culture to your business and just observe who in those environments is really, really high performing. Now, these people may be in a place where either they aren't getting enough hours or they aren't getting paid what they want to get paid. And if you see someone who's a really great performer, don't go and offer them a job directly because that's a little, you know, that's questionable in terms of your integrity. Um, but you may be able to just let them know that there's an opportunity. Hey, I have a new business, and if you know anybody who's looking for full-time work, um, I've just been appreciating how you work, and usually people who are high performers have other friends who are high performers, so if you know anyone looking for a job, just let me know. Now, if that person is interested and doesn't love where they're working, they may have that conversation with you, but the truth is they also might have friends because, as they say, birds of a feather flock together, Usually people who are really proficient and high performing have certain character traits and they are attracted to other people who are high performers. And so uh, they might have some good recommendations for you. So that's the last little tip and tool I want to offer because not everybody, usually the people who are good are employed. And so um, they're, they're good for a reason and they're employed for a reason. 
So uh, that's just something that you want to keep in mind as you are recruiting people. This also comes for higher level, management level, shift level, shift leader level staff members. So uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast episode. And if you guys need support in your business and you want to reach out to me personally, you can reach me at Andrew at juicebarexperts.com. And we'll see you at the next episode. 